0: In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 11. Now the Lord said to Moses, One more plague I will bring on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out from here completely. Speak now in the hearing of the people that each man ask from his neighbor, and each woman from her neighbor for articles of silver and articles of gold. The Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Furthermore, the man Moses himself was greatly esteemed in the land of Egypt, both in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I am going out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of the pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the millstones, all the firstborn of the cattle as well. Moreover, there shall be a great cry in all the land of Egypt, such as there has not been before, and such as shall never be again. But against any of the sons of Israel, a dog will not even bark, whether against man or beast, that you may understand how the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. All these your servants will come down to me and bow themselves before me, saying, Go out, you and all the people who follow you, and after that I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, so that my wonders will be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed all these wonders before Pharaoh, yet the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the sons of Israel go out of his land. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated.
1: God prepares his people. That has been a theme all over scripture, and even the coming of Jesus Christ was to prepare a people, a people for God in eternity. Now, we know that in the story of Exodus, Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. Even though Moses went to Pharaoh, as God ordered him, to let the people go, first it was Pharaoh who hardened his heart, then in God's judgment, so that God's glory may be revealed, God would then harden Pharaoh's heart. To a point that Pharaoh was blind. He was blind to what was happening in Egypt? He was blind to it. One after another. Through Moses and Aaron, God revealed his glory. Through signs and wonders, every time Pharaoh would not bend to his will. Nine plagues before the 10th. Nine plagues. Last Monday, I was at Dr. Kosriano's residence, Uh, the group of men were there, around 20 of us. And as usual, we have food before we have sharing. Of course, brothers are invited if you'd like to join us. But then I saw an insect, not a fly, but an insect. I don't know what kind. I didn't even know it was a wasp. It looked more like a small cockroach, but it wasn't a cockroach. This insect went into the Pansit Canton. And I sort of wanted to immediately remove it, lest somebody bite on it. So I tried to quickly, while somebody was sharing, quickly and trying not to disturb anyone, quickly tried to remove it with my hands. But then something stung me. Here, until now, it's still here. It was like a knife, a small knife. I've been stung before, even on the head, but not like this. It was a unique insect. And I thought this was one bite or one sting, if not a bite. Just one. And I could imagine already the kind of suffering that Egyptians suffered. Can you imagine? Lies, fleas, knots, locusts all around them. The lies were on men and beasts. The discomfort. I said, wow. Now there's a purpose why I got bitten. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for only one. I could imagine what if it were all over. And at one time, they even had boils, right? Boils everywhere. But recently when there's construction somewhere, the gravel, the cement, the sand uh, irritates me. Usually my skin is not irritated. I have proven that. But except this, constant exposure to gravel, sand or, or sawdust somehow makes me itchy. I don't know if some of you have some sensitivities. This is mine. I don't mind the sun. I don't mind the mud, but somehow this affects me. And I thought just in these two arms I got affected. And then I could just imagine again. And this is light, and I I feel better already. I could just imagine what the Egyptians went through. And Pharaoh, in his stubbornness, could not see the power of God. He saw, but it doesn't sink in. It did not sink in. You see, like many of us, we know many things about God, but it doesn't sink in. Yet, when we say fear God, for you, it's an intellectual concept. When we say fear God, it's not just an intellectual concept. It's a concept of the emotion as well and the spirit. To really fear God, understand who He is, that He is powerful and He is holy. Somehow that understanding escapes us. We know it here in knowledge, but not in understanding. And I pray that we, as we, a people who studies the Word of God and listens to the Word of God, that every message of the Word of God would really sink in. But a hardened heart cannot receive. It's like a hardened soil. You cannot plant anything on hardened soil. You have to soften it, break it up. You have to break up that ground before you can truly plant, before it can absorb rain or water. I pray that we would not come here or or read the Bible as a ritual. But more of having a hunger to know what the word is really saying. You see, nine plagues. Pharaoh endured every plague, by the way. He would change his mind. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say that. It's just like in Filipino, you would say, okay, okay, na, sorry na. tangalin mo na to. Then he would suddenly change his mind. No, you cannot go anywhere. Then another plague would come, and another, and another, and another. But this last one would break him. The last plague would break him. Then after a while, his heart will be hardened again. For what purpose? Part of God's judgment is to harden people's hearts. So that he may show his glory. That's why if you hear his voice... As Paul said in the New Testament, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart. Why, the more you harden it, the worse thing if he lets you go. As you would read in Romans 1, he gave them over to a depraved mind because they would not acknowledge God. You know, one Observe history and society. In any history or society, when evil rises, personal evil rises, for example, homosexuality, like Sodom and Gomorrah, in time, violence also erupts. Violence also follows it. Take Rome, not only Sodom and Gomorrah. Rome was one of the most liberal in terms of sensuality. They say Rome... Nobody could conquer Rome. Rome defeated itself because of its own moral decay. Gun violence in America, every now and then, right? You think it's really about the guns? You think it's really about the guns? So many Filipinos have guns, it's just not registered, okay? We have a lot of guns here. You just don't know it. There's a lot of guns. But suddenly somebody lose their mind and started shooting everybody. Why? First, they did not acknowledge God. They removed the Ten Commandments. They removed the teaching of the Bible in scrolls and even made it illegal in some states. So what do you expect? There's no sense of conscience as morality. They ended up with what? Postmodernism, which is The hero is the individual. What you think is right or wrong is up to you. Nobody can tell you what. There are no more absolutes. So if there's no absolute, what happens? Well, if I think it's for the good to kill you, then I will. Because there are no more absolutes. They try to remove the absolutes. Then suddenly when it comes to their politician, when there's a scandal, suddenly they have a high standard. Weird, huh? Remove the absolutes, remove the respect of God. Somehow our nation is still preserved in some way. In some way. There is evil, there's a rise of homosexuality. There's a rise in many evil things. Violence does follow, so we must be careful. The important thing is we should not fail to acknowledge God nor harden our hearts. God told Moses, one more plague. One more plague. Sounds like the theme song of Les Miserables. One day more. One more plague he breaks. And God said, after the last blow, he will let the people go. But then God would harden his heart. Let's read this again. Now the Lord said to Moses, one more plague I will bring on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out from here completely. Speak now in the hearing of the people that each man ask from his neighbor and each woman from her neighbor for articles of silver and articles of gold. You know, God's instruction to Moses was to tell the Israelites to ask the Egyptians for silver and gold. Well, not yet. But that's what they're going to do. Why? Because this was God's act of war. And his people will get the plunder. What was the war on? It was not just Pharaoh. It's against all powerful so-called gods. Every plague was a challenge to the gods of Egypt. I gave you nine gods last week. It's not just nine. There's so many more. We just chose some of it. Why did the sun darken? Because there's a god called Ra. Why were, was it frogs? Because there's a, a God, the so-called idol, which has a head like a frog. They will be plundered, and God's people will get paid all the slave labor they gave. You see, it is God who rewards, right? Stop looking at your employer or the government for the lack of benefits. Do it as if you serve God and trust God for the reward in His way. This was not a regular way to pay His people, right? (laughs) But there will come a time after the death of the firstborn in Egypt. They would say, take everything and go! Lest all of us die. God has His way. You see, I'd rather not force it. I'd rather have a right heart before God and obey God, trusting God. But I'm not preaching prosperity gospel here. I'm just saying at this particular situation, God would bless his people. But if you look further in Exodus, that gold and silver will be used to build a tabernacle, their place of worship. After they've collected, Moses would challenge them to give and part of what God gave them they offered to build a place of worship. You see, there's a purpose why God blesses us. Would you like to be blessed by God? You think it's just for your own enjoyment? You think so that you can just travel the world and, and, and rent a yacht and, and, and sleep in the best hotels and eat the best food? You think that's just that's how God wants to bless you? Maybe, yes, every now and then he will allow you, but that's not the ultimate purpose. In this text, at least in Exodus, they were empowered by God, blessed by God with wealth, so that they can build their place of worship. It is for worship. So verse 3, the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Suddenly, these slaves were esteemed. Remember, the first time, they would not even, even intermarry with these people. Why? Why? Uh, they're Hebrews. They, they crossed the river. They crossed the river. We don't intermarry with those who crossed the river. It's a good thing, though. That the nation was preserved from idolatry and intermarriage. Intermarriage is such a dangerous thing. If They do not fear God. So they were given favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And furthermore, the man Moses himself was greatly esteemed in the land of Egypt. Once despised, once afraid to even speak out. And even in his first try, the Israelites got disappointed with him. Oh, what are you doing? You're giving Pharaoh an excuse to kill us. Even Moses even got depressed. Why have you set me? Now he has matured, knowing, oh, okay, okay. Pharaoh will reject, and then this will happen. And the same way, you know, haven't you learned how God works in your life? Have you? You see, when there's a problem, okay, Lord, well, what are we going to do here, huh? I trust you. I trust you. Is this another one of, of those tests to, to strengthen my faith? Well, I believe, Lord. Okay, let's go through this problem, Lord. I believe, I'll show you. I believe every word you said to me. I will not doubt. That's why in, in, in the New Testament it says, do not worry. But everything in prayer. Why? Do not worry, just pray. Well, sometimes Moses would still fall on his knees and say, why, Lord? Lord, don't do that. And it's good. However, generally he got stronger because he understood how God works. And like us, generally, I hope, we will become stronger in our faith, more disciplined in our study of God's word, more hungry to understand the context, the meaning. But this time, Moses was enjoying some form of respect. Of course, why would you not? He said, "There will be hail and there was hail." He said, "There'd be blood, there'd be blood." How would you not believe? So Moses was respected, and God would use this respect so that the Egyptians would give those articles of silver and gold, I believe. So my friends, if God ever esteems you in the front of your colleagues or business partners or in school or or in your wherever, In your office if God esteems you for for the good work you've done for your integrity and and for being being a good worker may the Lord use that to glorify him let's continue reading Moses said thus says the Lord now here's the confusing part because God told him to speak to Israel And then suddenly he, as if he's speaking to Pharaoh. This can be very confusing. So it could be that, yes, he changed scene immediately. And he was speaking to Pharaoh again. Or it has happened already. Or it will happen. Or so the language here is that he was with Pharaoh. He went back to Pharaoh even though they agreed not to see each other again. Because Pharaoh said, I'll kill you. Next time I see you, I'll kill you. But somehow God would not allow that. I don't know why. Maybe Pharaoh was political. He knows that even the people respect this guy. Even his own people respect this guy. And he was Egyptian. Ah, oh, you see, that's why how God uses our background in history. It's probably also because he was Egyptian. Yes, he's Hebrew by blood, but he was not a slave like the Hebrews. He grew up as a son of Pharaoh's daughter, a former Pharaoh's daughter. Of course, that is no longer seen here. So so, That's why some believe there was a coup d'etat, and that family was eliminated. Some believe it was was a, a war and a new Pharaoh, a new king took over. But somehow people would say he's Egyptian. Probably one reason he could... Pharaoh could not just kill him. So he says, let's assume he was with Pharaoh. Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight. I'm going to the midst of Egypt. And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of the Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the millstones, all the firstborn of the cattle as well. The cattle was not spared. <laughs> this is the plague that will break them. This is a plague that I believe, I believe, my own, it is not written in the scriptures, but, but I believe. I can connect this one because Pharaoh killed all the firstborn. Not the firstborn, I mean the males. Male babies. You remember the story? Moses survived. Now it's Moses being used by God to bring the plague down. So Pharaoh, you tried to kill all the babies, and you know what? One survived, and that one will haunt you. Amazing story, right? Wonderful, wonderful. Some say Pharaoh is like the type of the devil in the spiritual realm who, who moves in men. It's, it, we can stretch it to that point. You see, in all the generations of men, this generation... And the earlier generation, and this generation, is the generation that killed the most babies unborn. Now, I could, allow me to leave the text for a while. I try to imagine. Hmm. The other time that babies were killed was the birth of Jesus. No, we're not birthing another Jesus. But perhaps many of God that God will call will be those who will survive this abortion thing. Maybe. Maybe the last generation of mighty men and women of God, like the early church. Maybe. Let me get back right now. Firstborn will die. Oh, Pastor Ed, you you lost me there. God would do that? Uh, Yes. Because if you're asking about fairness, everybody deserves to be in hell right now. That's fair. If you studied Romans, legally, if we sin, we have to pay for that sin. And every sin we committed, just one of them, legally, divine law, we should be in hell. So God sparing the Israelites is His grace. It is His favor. So don't think God is unfair because this is mercy for Israel. This is mercy for the Egyptians that they were not wiped out. Remember the times of Noah? He wiped out everybody except Noah and his family. Oh, I thought God is love. Yes, God is love, but He is also just. Please do not separate his love from his justice. It is united. That's why Christ must come. Because in Christ the justice of God fell down on him on the cross. And the mercy of God is given to all who believe in him. The only person that satisfied the wrath of God and the mercy of God is Christ. That's why, praise the Lord. I have a relationship with Jesus. Do you? (laughs) Problem with us preachers. We preach on favorite topics rather than preaching who God is. You know, one favorite topic of us preachers is the love of God. But if you overemphasize one aspect of God without revealing the others, the world will have a wrong concept of God. That's why you have this. Number 10, Jess, right? Saying that what? If God is love, He should accept me for who I am. A transgender. Ah, okay, okay. You see, you got you got it wrong from the Bible. You see, God accepts the sinners as they come humbly repenting of their sins. That's it. God does not accept everybody unless you humble yourself and say, forgive me, Lord. That's the only time God receives you, and He will not turn you away. Yeah, God is love, but He is just too. Last week I mentioned there was this this news that Mayor Sanchez would be released, and the whole nation erupted. No! No! Especially those of you. I was in UP when that happened. UP Los Banos. My friends knew the girl who was raped and killed. And others of my connections knew the guy who was with her. Just buying food. Kidnapped. Oh, oh, oh we're a loving nation. Let him go. Huh? The opinion of the mother was asked. He did not even pay the 4 million pesos worth of damages the judge said. He is not changed. And we would let him go? Oh, we're a loving nation. No, the nation was indignant. Do not make God somebody else. You continue in sin you will receive the indignation and the wrath of God in your life. Simple as that. So can God do this? Yes, in fact, that's why we have to fear Him. You know how powerful He is? There are those who dared speak against God. And you see, God was very patient. Pharaoh killed all those babies, but he waited Till Moses was 80 years old. Okay? 40 years growing in Egypt. 40 years in the wilderness. Oh, God is very patient with his justice. If not now, you wait one day. You know, a problem, again, of us preachers, instead of preaching chronologically, sharing what the word of God, we'd have a balanced Perspective. We would show a balanced perspective of what the Bible says about God. But rather, we have even affected the church. I believe God is love. I think there are around 30 verses that says that. But what's the real emphasis? The righteousness of God in Christ. Because righteousness involves wrath of God and mercy of God. It involves redemption, justification. It involves these things. That's why even believers, it's so easy to sin. At times, easy to forget God. Oh, a brother hurt me. I'm not going to church anymore, and I don't want to grow with them anymore. Ha! Who do you think you are to say that? Do you even know who he is? And that's the problem of today's generation. Liberalism and what? The focus on the individual. and with this social media even emphasized. I want to be the star, right? Oh, I'm wrong. Don't you have a minor celebrity complex? Every time you take that selfie, sometimes it's okay because you're with friends, you want to document the memory, but other times there's just nobody there except you. You just want to show how pretty you are. And that's not bad. But if your whole wall is about your face, oh my, is he a modern narcissist or what? Now, Israel, you see see, in, in Genesis... It was about the patriarchs, the individual people God dealt with. They're becoming a nation. And now it's about the collective. So God deals with us individually and collectively. So when Moses said to the people, you will ask this. And then in chapter 12, he's going to tell them, this is what you do. Put your your, your traveling clothes on. And you're going to do the Passover meal. You're not going to a, break a bone from that lamb. And that lamb must be perfect. We'll talk about that next Sunday. But everybody followed. But why? Because they're a community. The sense of community is important. It's not just about the individual. Well, I have my personal relationship with Jesus. You see, that's even the mistake we preachers made. We gave him a new title. Yes, He is Lord. Yes, He is Savior. Yes, He is King. He is God. But then we have to put an adjective. Personal Savior, personal Lord, personal. Everything is personal. It's like my personal toothbrush. Nobody can use it. This is my relationship with Him. Yes, you have a relationship with Him. But we also have a relationship with Him. That's why nobody grows up by themselves. We need a Christian community studying the Bible together, correcting each other, encouraging other, loving one another, but also rebuking one another, brother, sister, that's wrong. I won't tell anybody. Can you change that? Repent. If you don't, what did the Bible say? I have to get another person. Then I'm going to tell the church. That's a pattern of Scripture. So, if you think Christianity is coming here on a Sunday and going home, and the rest of the week, it's personal. That's one part of the equation, not the whole equation. That's why I'm always happy to see a lot of you when we gather to eat or pray. And you know what? There is something wrong if you're all alone, you become depressed. Oh, I'm an introvert like many of you. I have to make myself go to a gathering. And when I'm there, I end up happy. But just thinking of going there is a big struggle for me. Thank God I have a wife who tells me, you have to go. Get out of here. You've been in this room writing, studying, and watching whatever you're doing. You get out once in a while. Well, she has another motive. She can't clean the room when I'm there. So she wants to get rid of me. But her encouragement is correct. Connect with the people. Talk with somebody. Talk to the youth. Talk to the elders. Talk to whoever. Get out of here. Great encouragement. Amen. There's a collective. So Moses told them, you're going to do this. Okay. And then this is what's going to happen. There shall be a great cry in the land of Egypt, such as there has not been before, and such as shall never be again. Yes, until now, there's not like this kind of thing that happened. Next, please. But against any of the sons of Israel, a dog will not even bark. Wow. At that night when the angel of death comes, not even the dog will bark. You see, when when the cartero comes or the mailman comes, the dog barks, right? When the one checking electricity comes, the dog barks, okay? My dog, every time I'm in my room, always barks with people coming up the stairs. Sometimes old friends. I say, why do you bark? So he's impressing me, right? But here, not even the dog will bark because when the angel of death comes, the dog will just be quiet. Even the dog will know what will happen. Well, that's not in the Bible. It's just my imagination. Uh, They will be safe, whether against man or beast. But that you may understand how the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. And this is true even in the New Testament. He makes a distinction. My people, not my people. Many will say to him, Lord, did we not cast out demons? Did we not heal the sick? Did we not perform miracles in your name? And God will say, I do not know you. He makes a distinction. So please be very careful with where you are because he makes a distinction. Yes, Israel was suffering. That's part of this distinction. This season, you suffer. Another time, I will deliver you. You are my people. And even even the suffering had a purpose. You know, remember Joseph? Even his suffering had a purpose. An amazing purpose. We just have to trust God. But do you identify with God? Do you identify with the scriptures? Or when, when friends say, oh, you believe in the Bible, peer pressure, you cave in. You know what they're trying to say right now? If you're not open-minded, if you're not liberal, then you are a bigot, close-minded. You don't understand what we're going through. That's the pressure. Well, it's happening now, but 20 years ago in UP, that was already the norm. We had to fight for every inch share the gospel to everyone and we have to face people who said they don't believe in God we had to face those who who are cults who exalt another man instead of Christ another man's writings instead of the Bible but it was clear we belong to God alone to Jesus alone we are grounded in his word the distinction is clear these things We believe, these things we don't. These things we do, these things we don't. And every time Israel would try to cross the line, God's judgment comes. You'll see that in the Bible. Every time Israel would try to cross the line to the other side, judgment comes. Generally speaking, those who believe in God, in Jesus Christ, and live into their sanctification, remember in Romans, the process of becoming holy of sanctification, to those who stood their ground there and did not give in to temptation, I'd like to announce something to you. The least affected of HIV are those people, are those Christian communities. There are some who crossed the line, they got affected. But not all HIV is because of sexual transmission. Sometimes it's just needles. Now I cannot explain why these things happen but I only believe God has a purpose for everything. But God did not allow any harm to come to the people of Israel. God would distinguish his people. You cannot put one foot in the Bible and one foot in the world. Oh, no, no, no. You you can't do that. So, who are your friends now? The Egyptians? Who are your friends now? And I mean Egyptians. I don't mean literal Egyptian national today. I don't mean, is it, is it the world? Who are you more comfortable with? When you need to talk about something, is it people of the word of God? Or you've got many other friends? Because let me tell you this. Show me who your friends are. I'll show you who you are. In scripture it says, bad company corrupts good character. In Psalm chapter 1, there's a purpose why it's in chapter 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. I think my wife shared this to me when she learned something about the Jewish people, that when they're 12 or 13, they're made to choose who their friends are. They're made to commit to the Torah, to the first five books of the Old Testament. Oh, but we have blurred it. So are you staying in Egypt? Are we going with us? You're going to miss Egypt. You're going to miss Egypt, you know. There's the Nile and, the, and there's fish there. Huh? Huh? And, and it's, it's a developed country then. It was the developed country then. Uh, are you going to the people of God? Who are your friends? Oh, no, no. We connect with others so we can share the word of God, as Jesus did. But Jesus was not comfortable. When, when they said Jesus was talking to the prostitute, what do you think he was doing with her? He was what? Not going in one room with her till morning and say we had a prayer meeting, right? Jesus shared the gospel to them, the good news. Jesus was with a tax collector for the good news. Not so he can get some money from the tax collection, huh? Yes, sometimes the message of God is uncomfortable, but let me just say to you that it is in the New Testament as well. So I say to you, my brothers and sisters, make sure you are grounded in the word and be with the people because God makes distinction. All these, your servants will come down to me and bow themselves before me saying, go out, you and all the people and who follow you and after that, I will go out. Moses is saying, this will happen. Even your people, Pharaoh, the Egyptians will bow down and beg him and the Israelites to leave. Yes, that would happen. And he went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. I mean, mean, why did the writer put hot anger? Is there a cold anger? It just means intense. It was intense. Because... If you would see that Moses seldom loses his temper, he was the quiet guy, okay? It was really Aaron who was speaking. Moses would rather be depressed than angry, but this time he was. And there will be a few times in his life that Moses would have this problem. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, what what do psychiatrists say? He has a repressed anger, (laughs) like some of us. Suddenly, boom, but nagalit yun, out of nowhere yung pala punong-punong, na, hindi man usapan bago ka Pero ayun na, poom But here, it didn't say he overflowed, but he was in hot anger. So, uh, and the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, so that my wonders will be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So that happened previously, and until this time, he will, after the death. Okay, And uh, Moses and Aaron performed all these wonders before Pharaoh, yet the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the sons of Israel go out of his land. Some Christians believe if we just have more miracles, more people will come to the Lord. That's not true. I know some people who were healed miraculously, they're not in Christ right now. No, that's not true. Although the miracles in Egypt were not like the miracles of Christ. The miracles of Christ was more of healing and restoration. Here was devastation. Is God the same God? What did the Bible say? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In application, everyone will face the ultimate wrath of God after the last judgment. Prepare for judgment day. Live your life in such a way that you will face the judgment seat of God, but escaping the wrath of God. Number two, God may sometimes increase our influence for his glory. Glorify God in your influence. Three, God distinguishes his people from those who are not his people. Be identified with the people of God through faith in Christ. And friends, be careful who you associate with. Are you a believer or not? Make it plain and simple. Do you follow God's word or not? Don't say a little, 50%. Uh, wow. Jesus said, Unless you give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. Israel suffered, but Israel will be freed from Egypt. So some of us may be suffering as believers today. But one day, it will end. Either in this life or in the next. So my encouragement for us is endure. Endure it. One thing you should not have in your mind is kawawa naman ako. Okay? Okay? Did you hear me? Stop pity partying. Pity party. What's a pity party? It's a party where you just feel sorry for yourself. You may drink, you may do some things, but you just feel sorry for yourself. And you know what happens? Birds of the same feather flock together. So who are your friends? Those who are also pity partying. No, don't. Endure the suffering and say the suffering of Christ was greater than what I'm going through now. This is nothing compared to what Christ went through. Compared to what the apostle Paul or Paul the apostle went through, our suffering now is nothing. Modern man has softened us so much. We tend to blame our past always. Yes, your past has something to do with your present. But because of that, some of us end up blaming the people in the past rather than focusing on the problem now, fixing yourself, knowing what the Bible says, and building your future, a better future for you. Know your past, but do not wallow in it. Israel, be ready. We're leaving. No pity party. No, I miss being a slave. Mama said, get ready. We're leaving. Jesus came and said to us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. In my place are many mansions, and I prepare a place for you. Hey, you're in this world, but prepare to leave. Prepare as if your death will come tomorrow, or even later. Those who say, oh, I have a long time, so I'll just serve God when I have time. Bad news for you, there is always a lack of time. The perfect time never comes. There's always some imperfection there. So I say the day of salvation is today. The day to make a decision A real decision to turn away from your old life and follow Christ is today. The day to make a hundred percent decision to be a follower of Christ, a disciple. Not halfway, not three-fourths, not even 99%. But a hundred percent decision I will follow is today, not tomorrow. And if you come today, he will welcome you. Let us pray. Father, we come to you this morning knowing that today is a day of salvation, not tomorrow. Today, you can save in an instant to those who have faith in you. To those who believe with all their hearts. To believe in you when you said, come follow me, they believe. Lord, we believe. As you spoke to the the disciples of, of history, of past You said to them, follow me. They left everything and followed you. So today, we make that decision. No no longer I who live, but Christ now lives in me. It's no longer about my individual self, but what the Word of God says. Soften our hearts, Jesus. And bring us to the Father. Let us all rise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.